Resurrection Life Church, how y'all doing tonight? Are you guys alive, awake, and ready for the Word of God this evening? You are wonderful. As um, Karen said, my name is Hannah Olette, and my husband Jacob and I, um, we have been married 15 and a half. Can I put that half in their years now? 15 and a half years. And so, and I have three little ones. Faithland is 11, Ethan is 8, Graham is 4, but it feels like we have four children But because between Ethan, who is eight, and Graham, who is four, we launched Thrive Church, which just celebrated its sixth anniversary on Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Resurrection Life was such a critical um, component to launching us. You financially invested into us, and I want to say thank you. It is my honor and it is my privilege to stand on this platform again this evening. My husband and I have great love and respect for your pastor, their family, and the work of God here. Before we went to Denver, I um, was a youth pastor at my father's church, uh, Tim Forstoff, Cornerstone Highland, Cornerstone Church in Highland, Michigan. And so many, many times, I have so many memories throughout those 10 years youth pastoring for him. Every time Res Life would have their conferences and really spiritual highlight moments, my dad would put all of us staff in vans and cars and we'd come here and you know coming from Highland it felt like we were coming to the big city you know what I'm talking about I mean you all had a mall and a Walmart it was incredible and we'd come and it was but apart from that so many um, real important moments in my relationship with God have happened here under this house under your pastor this covering and so um, can we just honor and celebrate them and all those who are leading Meeting here, Resurrection Life. So honored to be here. And um, I believe I've got a little bit of time here tonight to, can I bring this up a little bit more, Karen? Is that okay? Now, um, I got some time here tonight to bring a message that I really believe I am carrying from heaven for you here tonight. So look at your neighbor on the right and say, you done good getting here tonight. You done good. And you done good because I believe God has a word for us this, this evening that I am just expectant and excited to share. But I got to tell you, don't let this fake blonde hair, hair, high heels, and fake lashes fool you. I'm a little firehouse pistol, and I got a word that I need your permission to preach and bring. Do I have your permission tonight? Okay. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this tonight. I have a message that if you're taking notes, write this down. It is called Revive This Place. Revive this place. 2018 was a miraculous year for my husband and I and Thrive Church. Um, just celebrating six years as a church, which is wonderful. And, you know, when we went to Denver, we started with about 29 people. That's including adults, children, children in the womb, and any pets people had. And we started in our living room there in Denver, not knowing a soul. And I remember when we got there, we had a couple of people, local leaders and pastors in the city, started calling us and saying, hey, do you know that you have come to the church planning graveyard? And we were like, yes, we've heard that. Thank you for the reminder. And then the week we were going to launch, we had another other pastor in the city calls and say, hey, there's a really great chance this church isn't going to work out because church plants don't tend to work out here. So I just want to present to you a backup plan. How many of you can say, okay, thank you, you know? And so we heard this and we said, thanks, but no thanks. We don't need a backup plan. We got a plan from God and God's plan never fails. Can I get an amen? 
And so here we are six years in, and 2018 was a miraculous year for us as a church. But 2019 holds something unique and expectant for us. And in my spirit, for me as an individual, my husband, pastoring, leading, and putting an ear to what God is doing nationally, I believe, in the local church, the big church today, I think this is a year for big faith, for the impossible becoming possible. And that is something I am carrying tonight, and that is the foundation in this message that I am calling Revive This Place. This place. What is this place in your life? Reviving this place, the things that make up this place in your world and your life are the very things that surround you every single day. Your home is your place. Your marriage is your place. Your children, your place, your, your work, where you go every single day and sit and operate and function. That is your place, your church. This is your place. The very places where your feet go and where you find yourself, this makes up your world. This makes up your place. And I know you know this, but I just want to remind us here tonight that do you know that the very place God has placed you He has also gifted you God-given authority in that place. If you believe that, say, yes, ma'am. You have God-given authority in the place God has put you. And I believe the Spirit of God in 2019, here we are at the start of a brand new year. I believe that the Spirit of God, and we're going to learn how and why, that he wants to revive the very place where you are. He wants to revive the marriage. He wants to revive the children. He wants to revive the heart and soul of the home. He wants to revive your place of worship. He wants to revive the places where your feet go because you have God-given authority in those places. Revive this place. I'm going to look at Abraham tonight. We're going to look at Abraham and two other scriptures as well. And Abraham, you know, we see this amazing man of God who has these defining moments of saying yes to God. And Abraham's place changes throughout his life that we get to see in Genesis. It starts in Genesis chapter 12. You know, in Genesis chapter 12, we see Abraham in one place. But God is about to take him to a new place. And how many of you ever have ever had your physical place change before? I found that growing up in a small town in Highland, Michigan, I went away for four years to Oral Roberts University. But outside of that, all I had known was my hometown, the church I had grown up in, my, my friends, my neighborhood, my school, the people that made up our church family, I had a place. And then I came to this place in my walk with God and in my marriage and the life of ministry where God wanted to move my place. He wanted to take me from where I was to a new place. And in Genesis chapter 12, this is happening to Abraham. The Lord says this to him. He says, it says, the Lord had said to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, hey, Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, And go to the land that I will show you. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. And it's interesting. So Abraham obeys. He goes where God is telling him to go. His place changes, but God's authority on him, on the very places he goes, remains. If you look down in verse 7, 
Abraham stops at one place, and literally God says this to him. He says, Abraham, I will give this land to you and your descendants. I want to tell you tonight that the very place you find yourself, the very, the very things that make up the reality of your world, of your life, of your home, of your, the dynamics in your marriage with your children and your church and your job, the dreams, hopes, passions, and desires that are being fulfilled and are still on hold. I want you to know tonight that I believe God wants to revive the very place he has put you, revive the very place he has positioned you, and he wants to revive that place where he has given you authority for the glory of God. Are you with me tonight, church? Where are you at? All right. Two passages I want to teach us from this evening. The first one is Psalms 58, verse 10. It says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit or a steadfast spirit within me. Second Timothy Chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, and this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I lay my hands on you. I want to take these two passages of scripture and I want to put them up next to the life of Abraham and this journey God has Abraham on of one place to another. And I want to just draw out just three, three things I see out of the word of God that will put into motion a reviving of the place where you find yourself in tonight. A reviving of the very place, space, relationships, hopes, dreams, calling, passion that you find yourself in this evening. And the first thing I see is, if you're taking notes tonight, write this down, is create. Write that word down, create. The word create means to bring into existence. Man, I love that. You know, when I gave my life to the Lord in high school, one of the gifts I felt God give me, and I didn't realize it until I began to journey with the Lord a little bit, is a gift of faith to believe for what you cannot see. And I have found in the church planning life that gift has been, thank you, Jesus, for that gift of faith to believe what I can't always see in the natural. But the word create, when I hear that definition, that it literally means to bring into existence, I can't help but think of the word faith that can parallel with create. And I believe that God wants to bring into existence this year the very things that will revive the very place where you are at. Genesis 1, chapter 1 God created the heaven and the earth by what? Speaking. It says, then God said, then God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. He created through his spoken word. So, if God is going to revive the very place where we find ourselves this evening, and if it's going to begin through creating, bringing things into existence, I think that is going to happen through God's spoken word. Because we see in Genesis right away that God spoke and things came into existence. I believe that God wants to revive this place, your place, 
The place we find ourselves in right here in February 2019 through the authority of the spoken word of God. You know, in Denver, I'm in a city that is spiritual. It um, is aware of spiritual things. Um, it is religious. It is aware of nature, energy, spiritual, pot. Can I get a help me, Jesus? Um, it's an interesting city. But how many of you know that spiritual does not lead to salvation? So I'm in a spiritual city where people are aware of these things. It's practiced. A, a realm of spirituality is accepted. But this is what I have been reminded of in this place God has me in, in Denver, Colorado, is that the word of God is the very thing that separates me from religion and spiritual things. If spiritual things do not lead to salvation, what does? It is the living, breathing word of God that separates us from the spiritual and brings us into the authority of God's word and power on our lives. If you believe that, say amen. So this word is alive, and this word aligns us with his heart, and I think the first step to experiencing a reviving in the place where God has us is through the creating of what his heart is through his spoken word of God. Have you ever found that you, maybe you've had a moment in your life where you realized you are living in less than what God has for you? And less than the joy he has for you. And less than the hope and confidence that he has for you. And less than the faith that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross for you to have. Have you ever had those moments where you realize, I think I might be living in less than what God has for me. If that's you, let me see where you're at tonight. Don't let this preacher's wife stand. Okay, there you are. Well, I got to tell you something. 2017 was probably the hardest year of my life, privately. It was one of the, it was the, I'm 38, and 2017 was the hardest year of my life. And as I came into 2018, I realized that I had settled into an existence with God and the place that God had me, yeah, I was in the right marriage and being a good mama and leading the church and doing ministry and in the city God had me. But I could feel there was a disconnect. And through the grace and the love of God, God began to just pull on my heart a little bit and just began to kind of like blow on the embers of faith and, and saying, Hannah, I'm glad you're in the place I have for you, but I have more for you in the very place where you are. I have more more hope. I have more vision. I have greater faith. I have more ability to overcome for you, but I need you to believe again. And I, I when I began to realize this disconnect of where God wanted me or what he had for me and the reality of where I was, I knew there needed to be a reviving of my place and it's starting within me. And I felt God challenge me 
to begin to declare his promises out loud over my life every single day. So at the start of 2018, I said, okay, God, here we go. We're going to begin to create. Just if Genesis chapter 1, if you brought something out of nothing, nothing through your word. I'm going to begin to put your word over the very things and places in my life where I feel like there's nothing, but you want something. Have you ever been in a place in your walk with God where you don't see anything, but you know beyond what you can see, if you could step into the unseen, there is something God wants to birth, produce, position, make happen, but you don't know how to get from there to here? Have you ever been there? I was in this place emotionally and physically, and so I said, that's it. I'm going to start declaring the word of God. So I began to write out in 2018 promises over my life, over my husband, over my church, over our city. And I began to declare the word of God daily because, you know, the word of God says that as believers, when you pray, you are positioned with Christ. So 2018 in the mornings of my time alone with God, I'd get that coffee that was jumbo size, thank you, Jesus. And I'd get up before the earliest bird in my house of a child would get up. And I would get in a chair, and I would take the word, and I would take my declaration, and I'd sit at the edge of my chair. And I'd get to the very edge of it, and I would tell myself, and I'd tell God, okay, God, as I declare your word over this place, I thank you that every single thing that is less than what you have for me as I pray is under my, my feet. Because I am seated with you in heavenly places. And maybe you don't know what to declare. You don't know what to say. So can I lend you something here tonight? I'm going to give you, I'm going to share with you one of the things that I have been declaring over my life since the beginning of 2018. And it's something that goes like this. I would say, and I do say, mountain of whatever's in front of you. Mountain of sickness. Mountain of anxiety, mountain of worry, mountain of um, fear, mountain of debt, mountain of unforgiveness, mountain of lack of trust. Whatever's going on in your life, I'd put it there. And I'd say this with all the authority as the daughter of God I knew to say. And I say, it might look like it's over, but I'm here to serve you notice. This is not the end. You will not defeat me. You come against me with natural weapons, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I know when I call on the name of Jesus, all the forces of heaven come to attention. So I declare that you are removed. I will live and not die. I am blessed and cannot be cursed. I am a victor and not a victim. A reviving of the very place you find yourself in, I believe, starts by creating through the spoken word and authority of God where he has you. Can I just tell someone tonight, you are worthy of his promises. You are worthy of his word. You are worthy to take the very hopes and promises that are ours as sons and daughters of God and to lay hold of them and to grab them and to pull them into your marriage, to pull them into that child who has grown and far from Christ, to pull them into your body, to pull them into your finances, to pull them into your church, 
to pull them into your place of work. These are your promises as sons and daughters of God, and you are worthy to take them and declare them and take them as your own. To create, to bring a reviving of the place where you are. Back to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. God takes Abraham from one place to a new place and gives him authority. Then Genesis 18 picks up and Abraham is now been in this new place for quite some time. Some commentaries say 25 years at this point. Him and Sarah are present in Genesis 18, specifically verse 10. 25 years at this new place. God's done amazing things, yes, but there's one promise they've been waiting on and have really given up on. It's the desire for a child, for Sarah to become pregnant. And they've, you know, they're older. They're, they're in the place God has them. They're faithful. God's done amazing things. But a lot of time has passed, and here they are, and God shows up. In this new place. And he shows up with a new promise for Abraham and Sarah. And Genesis chapter 18, verse 10, God says, Abraham, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Wow. A new promise in the very place they've been for quite some time. I just have this feeling at this point in Genesis chapter 18, Sarah and Abraham have experienced waiting. They've experienced time passing. They have experienced life happening. And, you know, those three things, waiting, time passing, life happening, if not careful, they can bring symptoms into our walk with God where you just become kind of weary of the weight. You can become wounded or marked by life happening. You can become even at times cynical. I don't know about you, but I can as time passes and that promise you're waiting on, not only is it not even being fulfilled, but it almost feels like God has forgotten about it. And here God comes to Abraham in this very place where he's been for 20 plus years waiting life happening, time passing, and he speaks new promise in this old place. He comes and he speaks a a word. He speaks a promise that literally consists of new life. In the very place that Abraham has himself, I'm telling you what, there was a reviving of the place Abraham and Sarah were and had been through the spoken word of the promise God gave in about one year's time. And I believe that in 2019, God wants to birth new things on the inside of you. But I would just want to let you know tonight, you don't need to go somewhere new to get a new promise. You don't need to go somewhere different to get a new hope. 
for a new future. And the very place of your faithfulness and the very place of your commitment and the very place of your waiting, life happening, and time passing. Because God is a good God and he has good things for his children. Your God can come in on a Monday, on a Wednesday, on a non-church Sunday, and he can speak a promise that will carry new life and literally revive the very place where you have been. Is that good news tonight for someone? He can revive the very place where you are positioned. I believe the seed of the impossible desires to be deposited into hearts and lives. You don't need to go somewhere different to receive it. He wants to do it right here, right now. And the Spirit of God wants to revive the very place where you are through His spoken word. You don't have to hope for it. You don't have to make up something on your own. All we got to do is open up the living, breathing word of God and look in the mirror and read it out loud and know that these promises are for us, our marriage, our children, our church, our city, our place of influence, because we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Revive this place. Number two, renew. Someone say renew. Look at the person on your left and say, renew. Say, she's coming for you. She's coming for you. Renew, to make like new, to restore to freshness, vigor, or perfection is what that word means, to restore. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Revive this place comes through the spoken word of God, and the waiting renews and strengthens. Waiting brings renewal. Back to Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, it says that Sarah's listening. I totally would have been just like Sarah. I'm so nosy. Um, if Jesus was talking to my husband outside our tent, I'd be all up in that tent business and by the front little curtain doors. And she's listening. Come on, ladies. How many of you don't, you don't, don't hate Sarah? Would that be you too? Where, yeah, where's my sister's at? I'm like, my husband's, my husband's phone texts or beeps at home. I'm like, who's that? What are they saying? You know, I'm just so nosy. He's like, well, honey, please, space, privacy. No, you don't get into that. You're married. That's right. It's gone. Sarah's listening. Abraham's talking. Angel's there. They're talking. having a conversation. And she hears this promise that God has for them in this place they've been for a while. Not only a promise that she's probably come to peace with to kind of forget, let go of, but one that's almost going to make her look ridiculous. This older woman carrying this child becoming pregnant. And she hears this promise spoken, and we all know what happened. She laughs. She laughs at this promise that's literally going to revive the place where they are. And God says, is anything, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. It will be. 
my promise will be fulfilled. And, you know, I look at Sarah and I think about my own life, and I don't know about you, but in my life, there are times where doubt, unbelief, and a weak faith can creep in in my journey with God. And I think this is what happened with Sarah. And it caused her heart to doubt the very place of promise God had for her. Even in the place of obedience where God has me, I have found times where I'm where he wants me. I'm faithful. I'm obeying. But even in that place, I've had times where doubt, unbelief, fear, lack of faith has crept into my very place of promise. And this is happening with Sarah. You know, here by Genesis 18, they're older. They've been there 20 plus years. And yes, they've seen God do amazing things. Yet at this moment, at this time, their age, their place in life, all they had walked through had brought Sarah to a place of laughing at the very spoken promise of God. So what does God do? He says, hey, Abraham, I heard that. She laughed. Listen, this is what he does. He says, Abraham, I'm going to remind you of something. I'm the God of the impossible. He says, is anything too hard for me? He reminds him, hey, listen, look up. I know you've been serving me for a long time, and you got gray hair, gray beard, and you think this is crazy, but Abraham, is anything too hard for me? He reminds him that he is the God of the impossible. And then he gifts him expectation with the promise of in one year's time, you will hold this promise. And I believe reviving comes through renewal and renewal comes through active waiting in the presence of God, waiting until unbelief falls off, waiting until wounds get healed, waiting till fear goes and faith rises. Sometimes you got to get this word, mamas. If you got some kids who aren't loving Jesus, following Jesus, you got to take that fear and you got to take that worry and you get yourself in the presence of God. And I get myself in this position. I tell God, God, I'm not moving until everything that is not of you falls off of me, and the only thing that remains is that which is of you. So I am actively waiting in your presence. Amen? Renewing comes through waiting in the presence of God. You know, when I was pregnant, big pregnant, eight, nine months large and in charge pregnant, the pregnant where you look at your husband and say, honey, do I look fat? And you know you do, but you think for his, for the safety of his life, he better not say yes. You know, that kind of pregnant. When I was pregnant, no one was wondering why I wasn't holding that child in my arms yet. They didn't look at me at eight, nine months pregnant and say, hey, I heard you were pregnant. Like, what's going on? Where's the kid? No, they, they would look at me and the physical showed that the promise was still cooking. I had a little waiting to do. And, you know, God tells Sarah and Abraham, I'm going to come back in one year. Why one year? Because she needed to get pregnant. 
carry that baby for nine months, nurse it strong and healthy. And I have learned the waiting is mandatory for the full birth of the promise. And some of you in 2019, you just got to go get yourself. Come on, men, I'm sorry. I'm going to get a little womanly for a moment. You got to get yourself some spiritual maternity pants. You got to paint a spiritual nursery. And if people say, hey, I thought you said God was going to do this or do that, you say it is. But I'm still pregnant. I'm still waiting. And this waiting is mandatory for the full birth of the promise. You just give me one year's time. Come on, church. Do you believe that tonight? A reviving of this place comes through the spoken word of God. It comes as we wait and he renews. And let me end with this. It comes through a fanning of the flame. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. And this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God has given you when I laid my hands on you. I believe passion is a difference maker. Passion is a gift. And I think passion is what separates those who take authority of the place God has put them and those who simply settle in the place God has put them. I'm thankful for what God has done through Thrive Church in six years. But I didn't leave everything seven years ago. Kiss my family goodbye, pack up everything I owned, and go to a city where I knew no one. I haven't fought devils and standing in the gap for those who do not know Christ and those who now do to simply settle. I am there until Jesus takes me home to take authority in the very place in the land that God has placed me. And I'm there to take authority through speaking the word of God. I'm there to take authority through waiting in his presence. And I'm there to take authority through allowing him, the Holy Spirit, to fan the flame of passion. The beginning of 2019, my husband was invited to gather with pastors from all over their city and pray. And he came home and he said, you know what, Hannah? I was soberly reminded of something today. He said the pastors were going around the circle and they were all saying the, the things that they were believing God for in 2019. And he said, and it was one pastor specifically said, I, well, I'm believing God for a budget to get some really cool LED lights to up our stage. We, we, you know, we got up these lights, and he came home, and he said, we got to live for more than lights. Lights are important, and it's great, and it's exciting, and these are cool lights. As church planners, we totally want them to come clip those right now and pocket those, put them in our, our pockets and take them home. We won't. Lights are great. And he said to me, he said, Hannah, I'm realizing the faith and passion we had to get here is not the faith and passion it'll take for where we are going. It's time to increase our faith for the impossible. So year, last year, year five, 2018, I told you it was a miraculous year. We decided to do some things that don't make sense for portable churches. And this past May, Pastor Karen and others joined us for our first ever Flourish Conference. We decided to sound the alarm and grab some women downtown the heart of our city. We saw 800 women, 15 local churches in the city gather in May 2018 for a day of flourishing. A portable church, it didn't make sense. 
I had a small group called Flourish that started in a friend's basement. God's been growing it. And right now, today, just last month, we are seeing between 150 and 200 women gather on a Thursday night every single month just simply because they are hungering for more of God. Come on, church people. We got to celebrate the goodness of God. Last month, we decided to start reaching some of the baddest of the bad of teenagers in our community. So we've set aside thousands and thousands of money this year to go after the young people. We're in a rich, affluent area. But suicide is on the rise, and drugs are accessible everywhere. And we're seeing young people with wealth and opportunity take their lives left and right in our school system. We saw 150 kids gather Portable Church on a Tuesday night last month, and 15 teenagers stand to their feet and say, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and walk over to the side and put a Bible in their hand. We are seeing God to the miraculous. I'm just here to stir your faith and let you know that wherever your place is, you don't have to just exist. You don't have to just survive, but you can thrive in a reviving of the place that God has you through his spoken word of God, through renewing and waiting in his presence, and by fanning the flame through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you believe that tonight, say, yay, God, yay, God, yay, God, and yay, God. Amen and amen.